Divorce is hard, it's painful, and many times a truly isolating event. Growing up in the church, I didn't hear much concerning this topic, so imagine the shame, the fear, and anxiety now having to navigate this space in my life. But here is my now resolve. I am not my divorce. And nothing in my past has the power to stop God from loving me, nor does it diminish my worth. And I hope you come to realize the same. Join me along with some special guests as we walk with transparency through our healing process. I got to start off because back in October, you put a post out that had a lot of attention and it really caught my eye. I remember it was like late at night and I saw your post and I was like in my bed screaming like, yes, yes, that's it. That's it. That's it. And so um, I really kind of want to start first with talking um, about it. I I pulled it up. So let let me kind of read a little bit about what what you said and then we'll jump right in that. Um, You said divorced people don't really need the stories about how your marriage survived the worst of times. Trust me, they wanted theirs to survive them too. As oxymoronic as it may seem, many divorced people believe in marriage too. That's why many stayed as long as they did. But at the end of the day, it takes two willing and vulnerable parties with God in the center to make a marriage work. So if you are still married after hurdles, congrats, you're blessed to have the secret sauce. What they need most is your prayers and your support, not your judgment. They beat themselves up already. No one comes to these decisions easily, especially if children are involved. You have no idea how hard it is to navigate the loss of someone who is still alive while you process the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. While I don't understand, while I didn't understand then why it happened, I'm glad to have been able to navigate a very lonely, confusing, and expensive, right, space of time. And so, oh my God, that post just resonated with me on so many levels that like hit a lot of check marks on, yes, that's me, 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 because Unfortunately, in going through a divorce, you do encounter, you know, people that can be very judgmental. Um, You encounter people who feel like because I went through this very traumatic experience in my marriage and we overcame, then what's your problem? You can't, you know, you hear all kinds of critiques from people and we... I think people don't really understand everything that happens, everything that you go through. So talk to me a little bit about your process, you know, your experience in going through a divorce and a little bit on how this kind of post, you know, kind of came about. Sure. Um, So I was married from 2009 and we divorced officially in 2016, but we had been living separately for about three years before our divorce. So um so I did we do have one daughter together so um she was born in 2012 and then I came home 
um, for what I thought was going to be a separation um, in 2013. So she was about one years old at the time. So um, it was a very, like I said, a very confusing uh, space of time. Um, and because I wasn't sure how this was going to go, I think the best thing that I did at that time was just shut my mouth. I shut my mouth. I didn't, I didn't say, hey, I'm back. I didn't make a big announcement about anything um, because, you know, often when people have public marriages because there may be celebrities or people know who they are, sometimes they'll say, you know, they'll put up posts and say, you know, we have decided to separate and just, you know, just give us a little bit of time and space to kind of deal with these on the side. Nobody knew why I was back. They thought it was strange. I was kind of getting the side eye, like, why is she still here? It's been you know, she she finally finished school and what's going on here? I just kept my mouth closed. Now, when people individually came up to me, I would say, I'm not really sure what's happening right now. Well, we're getting a divorce. Um, but I was so confused and hurt and just in a weird space that I didn't, I felt like the, the mature thing to do was just to keep my mouth closed because I had seen um, how other divorcees had been treated. And there was this heavy feeling of shame that I already had. And so I felt like if I highlighted it or let people know, a lot of people know what was going on when I didn't know yet how to handle what was going on, it would be too much. So I, so I like that you said that because me and you have talked about that and mm -hmm. that I can identify with having that feeling of shame, right? Because here you, you've gotten married, you know, if there's children involved. And I mean, I, I believe that no one goes into a marriage saying, you know what, in three years, I think I'll get a divorce because I don't really want to do this anymore. You know, most people that I know don't go into a marriage thinking that you go into the marriage thinking this person is the love of my life. You know, we're going to raise a family together. We're going to grow together. This and that is, you know, you go with all of these expectations. And I don't think people, what you just said is, is very important because I don't think people really understand that there is a level. Well, for me, there was, there was a level of shame. There was a level of shame. There was a level of embarrassment. Yes. Um, and like you said, feeling confused because you're like, how did we get here? You know, how did this happen? You, you know, you're trying to play all the replay things in your mind. You know, when you come back, you know, because I did the same thing. I, I had to come back to, you know, the state in which I was born, um, not born, but that I lived and grew up in, you know, with people in church that knew me and they know my family and, you know, all different sides of my family are, are known, if I can use that, you know, prominent place uh, positions in the church. And what you said is very real. Like you almost want to like hide, like you want to go into a bubble. And I remember like, not wanting to go places, not wanting, you know, especially like church places, church events where I knew I was going to see people that I grew up with. Because usually the first question is, oh, how's your husband? Or, oh, how's, you know, the, the in-laws? How's the family? And then, and so it puts you in this weird space because you're like, mm, uh, 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 you know, 
I definitely became a hermit crab. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. I came back from um, Illinois to Baltimore where I knew everybody. And I, I feel like I had to almost reinvent myself in a way. And so during that process of reinventing myself, I literally became a hermit crab. Like people that I normally would come in town and be like, oh, hey, let's hang out. I couldn't even do that because I was so hurt. I was so ashamed. I was so like, it was just, I felt like going into hiding was the only way that I could handle that season of my life. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. You know, there it, when you go through a divorce, it is that process, like you said, of reinventing yourself, you know, mm -hmm. because you are now in a different season. And, you know, one of the reasons why I, I really, I feel like God impressed me to do this is because in the church, and that's what I know, because I, I, that's my life. I was born in the church, grew up in the church. That's all I know. Um, it's it's very hard because it's a topic that not a lot of people want to talk about. And uh, people just don't want to touch that. And you feel a, a sense of being isolated because there's a ministry for the married people. You know, oh, let's celebrate because being married is so great. And we're going to celebrate the married people. And then there's ministry for the single people, right? Because God has you in waiting. And while you're waiting, you're doing X, Y, and Z. You know, there, there's even ministry for those that are widowed, you know. But when it comes to being divorced, it's kind of like, hmm. Because you're not married anymore, you're not single, yeah. you're like single adjacent. Right. Um, yeah. And I and I tell people it's like I'm not I'm single, but I'm not single because I'm not single, single like like my friends that are single because I've been married. So I have a different perspective on life. I come with things in my past that I have been through that maybe some single people can't. So it's 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 a really you said something to me. Um, when we were talking before about divorce care, right? And, and it's something that's really needed because I believe that people that have gone through divorce need to know that God still loves them, that they are worthy of love again, that um, they are not, you know, cast off. They're not the lepers and, and need to be thrown off to the side. But, you know, you said something that really hits home for me that, when, and you know, I've been divorced now five years, it's a very lonely walk. It's a lonely walk. Um, I had my family, you know, my family was great in a support system, but if you've never been divorced, you don't really know what to say to someone that's been divorced. And it's, it's, it's a very lonely, like you said, it's a very lonely space to kind of be in because you don't really know how you feel. You're you're trying to manage all of these different feelings and emotions. And sometimes people, you know, out of ignorance, they don't know what to say to you, yeah. you know, during that time. So talk about like, how, how do you navigate that, that space of like, man, this is like, I'm, I'm alone, you know, really going, trying to get through this process. I, I think the, um, for me, the secret sauce, I'm going to talk about my secret sauce. My secret sauce literally was God, right? Because there are very many times where, although I had a daughter, I knew I had to raise and I had to keep going. There were many nights 
for months and months that I just cried myself to sleep. Now, while my life was, you know, there were things in my life that were happening, like I had just become a nurse practitioner. And so there were positive things that were happening, but I couldn't even celebrate it because I was so broken. And, and the, my mom said it best. She said, I want to help you, but I don't know how to help you. And that didn't hurt me um, because I, my mother's a praying woman. So I knew that she was going to be praying for me and interceding for me. She would come and get my baby out of my room. She's like, you don't want to, you know, be crying in front of your baby and this and that. And, you know, so they would, they literally like helped me from that aspect, from an emotional standpoint, they helped with my daughter. They, you know, um, I came home. I didn't have to pay any rent. Even, you know, I had all kinds of things going on. They just literally from a emotional space, I had to navigate that with God. That walk was literally with God, but everything else, I thank God for a, uh, a good family because they definitely helped me, um, navigate that's the, the things outside of my emotions um and i think that had i gone here's another thing that i wish i had done sooner um one thing i wish i had done sooner is gotten some counseling because even though we didn't have we don't have a divorce care ministry that would have been helpful for me i think um from a because i knew it would be coming from a spiritual space um when i did get into a relationship, I did finally go to counseling to talk through all of those emotions that God brought me through, but it was a, a hard, lonely, frustrating, triggering season. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely would agree with that, that during that time, it was God. You know, I, I spent a lot of nights crying and you know it's almost like and, I, and a, a good friend of mine said this she said that divorce is like a death mm -hmm. and the difference is that the person is still alive right mm -hmm. so you know when my mom passed away it was final it, it, it's the end you know there's no seeing her or running into her or you know it's not that kind of thing um and when you go through a divorce, it is a sort of death because it is the ending of something. It's the, the finality of a relationship, which can be hard to navigate if you have children or, you know, if there are any sort of residual relationships, maybe with people in, in that family, you know, that can be definitely a very hard space. And so, you know, like you said, spending those nights in crying myself to sleep literally because you know you you have all of these emotions um it's kind of like the stages of grief right you go through this isn't real like this did this really did not happen like this is not this was not the plan for my life you kind of have that denial mm -hmm. and then you go through anger mm -hmm. and you know a, a lot of my anger kind of was like towards my it was internal like you know, how, how did you let this happen? You know, what, why didn't you see the signs before? Why did, why did you ignore the signs? You know, some of uh, that self-inflicted anger yes. and then, you know, having children too, as well, and trying to navigate the space between, man, I got to be this strong mom, but like you said, I, I'm broken inside, you know, because my life has changed. You know, what I thought was going to be is now not. And Correct. so, 
like you said, it, it's definitely hard to express that. It's hard to articulate that. And for me, I would find that sometimes the more I would, if I thought I was confiding into someone that was a safe space, I would get more frustrated. Yeah. You know, because it's like I, I can't express or articulate what it is that I, I'm trying to say. And the safest place that I learned to go to was God. Yes. Because I literally could go in my closet and shut my door and cry for hours. Mm -hmm. And I remember many nights just saying, like, God, I don't I don't have the words. I don't have the words to say how I feel, but my, you know how I feel. Yeah. And that would be a lot of my prayer time. You know, I, you know, I would try to go in there with this scripture, like the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves, mm -hmm. you know, like all of this super deep stuff. And like halfway through, I would just be bawling my eyes mm -hmm. out, you know, because, you know, you're angry and you're sad and you're frustrated and you're lonely and, you feel like, man, nobody understands. Nobody understands this. And then I think sometimes what makes it worse is if you have negative commentary. You know, you talked a little about a little bit about that in your post about how people can um, be very judgmental and feel like, well, guess what? You know, me and my husband or me and my wife went through these difficult times. You know there must be something wrong with you that you can't, or, you know, oh, you're supposed to be saved or whatever, but you can't make your marriage work. I mean, I heard all, probably every probably negative thing that you can hear. I was getting it from different people, yeah. you know? And I think that starts to beat you down too as well, because you start to internalize that. Mm -hmm. okay? yes, Oh wait, something you don't have an outlet, right? Yeah. So. It's like you're hearing the negative from these people, and it's like, wait, is something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. You know, wait, okay, am, is God upset? Am I not saying? You know, you start here. So, how, talk to me or talk to us about like the biggest like misconceptions. You know, what what it, what are the biggest misconceptions that you? feel that people have when it comes especially if you are the person that initiates it so like in my situation i was the person that initiated the divorce so i think there's a lot of misconceptions because what what i've learned is that you can be happy and resolute knowing that i made the right decision mm -hmm. but also be sad and broken and frustrated yes simultaneous yeah at the same time those two can live together at the same time and i think people don't understand that i think people feel like well you wanted it or you know whatever whatever people like to say whatever their their thinking thought process is so talk a little bit about the misconception that that comes with you know in divorce so for me um, the biggest misconception is that I had just given up. Um, I consider myself a very thoughtful, prayerful, I fast and I pray and I, you know, I, I have what I believe is a good relationship with the Lord. And so as I was making, having to make this very difficult decision, I think that 
um, when people, those several people that kind of started to figure things out and they actually were asking questions about where he was or, you know, what was going on, um, you know, because people don't know what to say sometimes, you know, sometimes they say the wrong thing. And so, um, you know, it's, I've got a couple of comments. It's just like, oh, well, you know, you made a covenant, like that's, that's for life, you know? And, and again, I believe the same thing. And I, and I literally, you know, I can pinpoint several moments where I was like, I know this ain't right, but I'm just going to continue to, um, you know, honor my covenant because, you know, what will the people say and what, what this and what that. So I feel like a big misconception is that, you know, we just kind of gave up. I asked God for peace. I asked God to give me clarity on that decision. And it, again, this was a decision that I had to make alone, alone. Like I didn't even let any, I didn't even let on to what was going on because, you know, people tell you don't, you know, don't tell too much about your business because if it does work out, you don't want people looking at them sideways. And so a lot of the things that happened in the marriage, I probably will never tell anybody. Right. But I had to, I had to count the costs, right? I had to count the costs. And so I would say the biggest, mis definitely the biggest misconception is that I gave up, which is not true. That's like the furthest yeah. from the truth. Very true. And I, I think people, like you said, I think because people don't know, mm -hmm. then they make assumptions. Yeah. Um, because like you said, there for me, and you know, we've talked about this, there's there's definitely there was definitely a a wrestling right oh, between absolutely. i made these vows i made this covenant i stood before god my family was there friend you know that whole you you start going through the litany of oh my god this person's going to be affected oh my god this person's probably not going to be my friend anymore oh this person's probably not going to talk to me you you start going through all of this psychological warfare pretty warfare. much That's the best and, word warfare. you know and, and, and it's that wrestling between like i know this isn't right like i i know i i have to make this decision but then there's all of this other stuff and so there is that misconception that oh you just gave up or oh you just didn't want to be married anymore or you just weren't strong enough yeah. to deal with x y and z um but I think, like I said, a lot of times people don't understand. And, and most people that I have talked to, um, I've had the privilege of talking to people who've been divorced mm -hmm. later in my process. Like when in the beginning, everybody was hands off. Like everybody dropped me like a hot potato. Like, oop, no, we're not talking to her. We can't talk to her about that. Um, I talked to people kind of further into my process. And most of the people I talked to, they did talk about that struggle, right? Mm -hmm. That struggle between this is the right thing and I have peace because I prayed about it mm -hmm. and God gave me a release because it's not a it's not a decision sometimes that you can make with other people. It is it it is it's a contract. Right. It it's is. Contract. Absolutely. Not, I think that um because Hollywood has, you know, their big thing is like irreconcilable differences, right? Mm -hmm. So they can divorce for whatever reason they want to divorce. And again, we don't know that they didn't have the internal struggle either, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's more than what people, you know, know it is. Like, because again, if, if you are 
a child of God. It's more than just we ain't getting along. He cheating. He was cheating. Or it's more than you know um, he was abusive. It was. It's more than. It's more. It's more than that because of the covenant part. Mm -hmm. I think that that is what is distinctly different from us than the world is that we do have that internal struggle that that people that don't follow God might have. They Mm -hmm. might like we're done. You know, that's it. Let's, you know, separate our assets and we're done. Versus Mm -hmm. us, I feel like we have more of that because I've talked to people who aren't really saved and I've talked to them about their divorce process and they don't really talk about that. Like, oh my gosh, like this covenant with God, I'm breaking this covenant that I said that I stood before people, like you said, stood before my family and I meant every word that I said and here I am breaking that covenant. I initiated the process. I said, this is not... This is not God's best for me. This yeah. is not the way that God that God created us to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, I let it go on for for a long time, thinking, praying, thinking, thinking, praying, fasting mm-hmm. that it would change. And when it does not change, and you don't want, you know, this to be a continual cycle that passes on to your children, there's just so many aspects that you think about that come into these very difficult decisions and not just we weren't getting along or he mm-hmm. cheated, or he was abusive. It's way more than that. It's deeper yeah. than that, which yeah. is why conversations like this are important. Like we're not trying to draw you. If you're listening in from the yeah. outside, we're not trying to tell you, oh, that bad situation with your husband, it's not recoverable. I know right. people have had infidelity in their marriage and their marriage is stronger afterwards. I know mm-hmm. people have um you know their marriage has weathered the storm of you know i i'm sick unto death and we can't do the things that we were that we used to do like there's all kinds of different reasons why people divorce it's not just oh we don't get along anymore right right it's it's a lot more and so conversations like this divorce care ministries can really help people navigate all of those spaces while also still telling them you are still love you are still worthy you are still god's child you are still anointed yeah because i've seen and I, i think the thing that broke me the worst was i've seen people who have also done things that that are considered sinful that still were able to kind of continue in their sin or in their positions And I kind of, I, I self kind of set myself down because I was in a space where I couldn't even, you know, I was like, let me just sit my little self down for a little while and just right. reflect. But it's like, we we will support infidelity, but when it comes to divorce, there's just no space for us. There's right. no space, there's no, there is, um, it's still taboo. Yeah. Um, and it's almost, you know, I kind of, I kind of, and I love what you're saying that, you know, and I've, I've seen that too as well. Like I, I've seen, you know, people being celebrated and we're, we're talking about the church. Cause that's kind of like, you know, what we know, we, you know, you see people being celebrated who, uh, who have cheated on their spouses, you know, and they're still preaching, you know, you know, we, we've seen people who we know are, you know, liars or, you know, they 
um, stealing the church money, you know, what, whatever. And they, we, we push them. I mean, we, oh, go ahead. And, you know, we applauding them and, you know, we packing them out and we celebrating, but it's like the person that is divorced is like, oh, no, no, no. We don't have space for you. You broke a covenant with God. That's the end. It's the end. It's, it's period and the end for you. And I remember for me, when I was going through the separation, you know, process for me personally was when I felt God calling me stronger into ministry. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember having a conversation with God, like, Oh no, 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 no. I can't do this. Like, I mean, I, I was getting people calling me like, Hey, we would like you to come in, you know, speak at this engage, speak here and this and that. And the whole time, of course, because it wasn't like public knowledge that I was going through a separation, I felt like I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like I, I can't minister. And I think again, going back to that negative commentary, I had people telling me that, like I had people tell me God's never going to use you because you got divorced. Like I had people tell me, oh, you can't preach to me. You can't even hold your marriage together. And it, of course, we know that is the ignorance, you know, speaking. But it's sad because I think that is the mindset of a lot of people. And for people that are in the church that are going through a divorce, that have gone through a divorce, who may be in that now, you know, I understand. I, I speak your language, right? That's what that's what this is about. Saying that there's someone out there that understands you, that no may I may not know the particulars of why you got divorced, right? But I understand what you're saying. I speak your language. I have empathy and compassion for you because, like we said, the walk is lonely. Because as much as people say, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you, they don't really know how to minister to that broken part of you. And you have to almost go through a detox. I don't know if you went through this. I, I, I had to personally go through a spiritual and mental detox to rid myself of the negative things that people had said to me. Um, I yes, had to, yeah, because it was, it had gotten inside of me and mm -hmm. I started to, walk that out in feeling as though, man, I'm less than, or, you know, like I, God's never going to bless me again to be married that, you know, I felt like if something bad happened to me or not even something bad, if, if a situation, you know, maybe didn't go my way, I was like, oh my God, God's punishing me because yeah. I got divorced. Right. I had to kind of detox myself and the only way that i was able to do that was through prayer yeah. the only way i was able to do that was laying on my face right to god for hours and crying and and pouring out my heart and then i also had to learn how to close the door to certain people yeah. when i realized that their negative the things that they were saying to me was even if it was well-intentioned, it was hurt. It was hurting me. Yeah. Like you said, you, I was having that, those triggering all over again, you yeah. know, because every time somebody would say something that it, it would just put me back in that space. And so I had to learn how to, you know, kind of say, I can't listen to this. Like there's certain people I can't talk to 
Yeah. I can't talk to them about this because what they're saying to me and what they're feeding me is not helping me. Yes. You know, it's not helping me. And you have to get through it. You know, it's a healing process and it's a it's a journey. And that's what I think people I want people to know and understand, especially if right now you're listening to us. You've maybe recently gone through a divorce. You may have gone through a divorce 10, 15 years ago. It is a it's a process of healing and it's every day deciding that that decision that I made is not going to uh, overshadow my life. Right. It's not going to be this uh, thing like I'm going to be holding, you know, and carrying it with me. Um, and that's why the, the title of this is I am not my divorce, right? Because I know we like to label people. We like to label, oh, oh, okay, you got divorced, but I'm not that. That's a part of my past. Mm -hmm. That's a part of my story that that's going to be used as a testimony, but that's not fundamentally who I am, right? I'm not that what people might call a failure. Yeah, that I don't want people to remember that about me, right? Yeah. Like through my divorce, God drove me further onto my knees, um, deeper into his word. Um, so I think that what came out of it uh, was more beautiful than, you know, that long, hard process. Um, because when you do submit yourself to God, because again, you're going through, like you said, a deconstructing and a a reinvention of yourself or your identity through Christ because he is your covering at that point, right? So um, I said, God, I just want you to cover me. I just don't want people to just, you know, just remember me like, oh yeah, she got divorced, right? Like I want them to know that I'm accomplished and that I've done great things through, with the help of the Lord um, and that, you know, that God is still capable of using me. And I'll tell, I'll, I'll back up really quick. The reason, you know, what triggered that post? Cause it was kind of out of nowhere, right? I don't want anybody, <laughs> it wasn't out of nowhere actually, but um, I was in the process of applying to seminary. And one of the questions in the seminary application was, have you been divorced? And for whatever reason, I stopped the application. Like, why are they asking me this? So I kept going. And it, asked, it had another question. It said, if you answered yes to this question, what have you learned? Mm. What have you learned from that process? They said, your status of divorce won't, won't deter your entry to the program. However, we want you to be aware that there are places where we place people that don't want divorced people talking to their congregants. Wow. So again, I, with the help of the Lord, you know, the scarlet letter is no longer on me, right? Yeah. Like that, that D of like, hey, divorced or whatever the case may be. Like, yes, it's a part of my story. I'm remarried now um, um, and all of that. But there was still, this is still a journey, right? Like that question threw me, first of all, I didn't expect it. Mm. Just to learn the word of God more and deeper and and whatever the case may be that question threw me off mm -hmm. and then i saw another post about you know someone you know asking for privacy during their you know divorce because people were asking a lot of questions and i was just like 
why do people do that? Right. I don't even know what it's like to grieve the person that you are were once connected to and thought you were going to be connected to for the rest of your life. And then if you have children, you still have to see them all the time and mm-hmm. deal with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a unique space. It's a it's still a space of taboo. However, if there are people willing to tell their story, right, part of the story, we're not trying to deter people from not being married. Like we want to stay there. I have stories of things that I went through with the co-parenting process that would be like, let me try to get this. You'd probably say that the married person would probably say to me, okay, maybe we, what we're dealing with ain't that bad. Right. Maybe right. It ain't bad. maybe we can work it out. If I told, if I really were able to tell the truth about what it's been like, it's validated for me that I made the right decision. Yeah. And well, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting space too, to carry things, mm-hmm. to carry things that you can't talk about. Yeah. Because even in the divorce, you want to still try to protect the other person. Especially when there's children involved. And I don't think people understand that. That I'm I'm silent because I don't want to say the wrong thing. I'm silent because I'm, I'm trying not to. Because, they, you know, it, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's a uh, weird space. It's a, it's a weird space. It's weird, a very weird space. It's very burdensome because, again, yeah. that's also, some, because that's something that even beyond the divorce that continues. If you have children... Mm-hmm. you still still have to, and it's it's a process. Like, because as the cho- children grow, your custody situation might change. Like mine went from like primary custody to joint custody, 50-50. I had never even, I didn't even know anybody that was doing 50-50 custody. Everybody mm-hmm. that, I, people that I did meet along the way, they only had primary custody of their children. So I went through a second grieving process yeah. with like, how do I, how do I navigate this space? even like the co-parenting space. How do I navigate changes in custody? How do I navigate all these things? So it's not just the decision itself is already hard enough. Right. There are residual things that can last for years and years that happen beyond that. And if you have support for that, if you have people that are going to validate, it's going to get better. If you have people that are going to support you and say, I'm praying for you. And I really truly understand Mm-hmm. I don't hear from you for a while that you're that you're going through a process of like reinventing yourself, right. reinventing yourself avoiding the negative negativity that you may hear. I get that because you have to be intentional. This is this is what I learned. Right. You have to be intentional mm-hmm. about blocking out the negativity because it will come. It will come sometimes in the most unexpected. I mean, I over the last five years have had so many conversations with different people in my life that I've literally looked at my phone and been like, (laughs) what, you know, like sometimes because I didn't think they were that type of person to say what they said to me, or maybe because I thought that they were more compassionate or empathetic than what they are. And I, I, so you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional about, about saying, guess what? This is my process. 
and everybody's process is not the same. Yeah. You know, there, there are some people for different reasons who cannot effectively co-parent. You know, maybe because there was abuse or maybe because there's some immaturity there, maybe because there's family influence that I mean, everybody is not the same, just like no two people, their marriages are not the same. No one's divorce is the same. And so this isn't like you said, this isn't a space and time where we are. Number one, I just want to set the record straight. This is not an advocacy for divorce because I believe in marriage. I believe in the sanctity of marriage. I love love. I love seeing people in love and with their spouse. I grew up, you know, my parents were married uh, 25 years, I think it was, before my mom passed away. So I grew up seeing a healthy marriage. I Mm -hmm. have aunts and uncles that have been married for a very long time. And I when you get around them, you just know it's love. Yeah. You know? So this isn't that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, because, you know, we're praying God sends, you know, the person I'm supposed to be with, right? So th- this isn't that situation. But what it is saying is that if you find yourself in this situation, mm-hmm. right? If you find this yourself going through this, have made the hard decision because it's a very hard decision that God's grace is sufficient for you. Right. And not only is God's grace, but you have to give yourself grace. Like I had to learn that because I was turning myself inside out, trying to make people happy and to appease people and don't offend. And it was like, it was tiring. It was tiring. And I was like, you know what? this is my process. And if people don't understand it, if they don't agree with it, then that has to be their issue. I cannot, I can't put that on, on top of everything else that I'm feeling. If you are mad, if you are angry, I'm that's going, that's going to be you because I have to navigate my space because right now my priority is to be a good mother, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't be a good mer- a mother if I am carrying weight and yes. baggage from everybody's thoughts and opinions because people are going to have them. Whatever you do, whatever decision that you make, people are going to have their opinion about what you should do. And like I said, you have to just be intentional. You yes. have to surround yourself, you know, with people who... Uh, there's a post out and there's a say, it's a saying also that says that find those people that can hear you when you're quiet. Yes. Find those people that can go to God on your behalf, even when you're not saying anything mm-hmm. you know, that they can pick you up, that they can feel you in the spirit. Yes. Mm-hmm. I am such a, in this stage in my life, I am such a, so very big on, divine connections Mm -hmm. and being in covenant relationships with people that you're supposed to be in covenant with, whether that is a spouse or a friend or whatever, you have to find people that are going to be safe spaces because everybody is not a safe space. Sometimes people want to hear what you've gone through so that they can sit around their table and talk about you. Yes, they want to validate, like, so what did you think it was, you know? 
yeah, oh wow, well, let's speculate. Well, what do you think she did? And what and I, I've told people it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because at yep. the end of the day, the two people that were in the marriage know why the marriage dissolved. And so anybody, and I learned that that anybody else's opinion about why they think that you know I initiated the divorce, why we got divorced, whatever their opinion is, it doesn't matter. And so I can't live my life trying to validate or trying to appease you or trying to say like, oh, please don't feel, because I did that. Please don't feel that way. Please don't feel this way. You know, please, you know, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exhausting. And God wants better for us. He does. God wants better for us. And it did. We have, you have to get to that place where you say what he thinks, what she thinks is not important. What's important is what God thinks. Yeah. That's kind of where I am in, in my life. Um, as we kind of like wrap this up, cause this has been like really good. How do you, how do you get to that place where you see and believe that you are worthy of God's love. Because I, I, I understand too that that's very weird for people mm-hmm. that when you've gotten divorced to see people post, like, I want God to send me my husband. You know, people get weird about that. Like, what do you mean? You're already married. God, you're, you're already, you already had your chance. How, how do you get to that place where you feel like, you know what? I'm worthy of a second chance or God, you know, God has something better for me. God had, you know, how do you get to, to that place? Um, for me, it took time. It took therapy. And it also, again, because we believe in the power of God, like it takes you going back to the scripture and God really revealing to and reminding you who you are in him. Mm, and really believing that by faith, um, because again, just like you said, I can I can attest to you know being fed negative things, mm-hmm. uh, me being bitter, and all these things. And when you get to a space, I think I think the um, sometimes I feel like even though the loneliness is terrible, sometimes I feel like it's necessary mm. so that you can. Um, really hear clearly from God so that you can um, remind, he can remind you who you are and what he has for you and that you are still his, his chosen one. And so I think that that just takes time. I think Mm -hmm. that that you can't rush the process, right? Because I think that, um, you know, even though I'm remarried, there are things that trigger me still. And I have to be like, Lord, help me because this is not the same person. Like you, like there are things that you don't know till you know, right? Until right. you learn them or till you go through them. And so I think that it's important to just really walk it out. Walk, walk it out with the help of the Lord. I don't know how people that don't, that aren't Christians walk through this process without God. Right, right. Um, I guess maybe you you may give yourself over to other things to fill the time and the void and the and the whatever the case may be. So I wasn't gonna fill, you know, my you know my freedom 
of having sex with having sex, right? right. That's not biblical. And that's not what God called me to do. I'm not right. going to uh, start picking up a bad habit just to avoid the situation. I'm not going to drink and have a good time just because once I become, once you become sober again, you're still divorced and you're still, still, <laughs> still. <laughs> you got to face, you still got to face the music of how do I move on from here? Mm -hmm. how, do I, how do I, and so that's how I don't, I'm very thankful and grateful that I had a foundation of faith. Yeah. Because God really walked hand in hand with me through the process, through the tears, through the grief, through everything. I give all praise and honor to God because literally you you literally turn around. It's not even a tunnel. You just turn around one day in the sun. Go to glory, God. Shining again. And you're like, how did I get here? I remember it was so dark. It was dark. And when you don't have that support in the earth that you need, God is your strength. He is strength and power. Mm -hmm. And if you allow God to really help you through that process, he will still reveal to you that he still has plans for you. That he still is going to use you. And even, even now, he's using you. Mm -hmm. In this process, somebody might randomly listen to this and be like, all right, maybe it's not as dark as I thought it was, or, or I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. These are two ladies talking to me that they went through the darkest period of their lives. And look at them now. Yeah. And it's I, not perfect. Yeah. It's not perfect. Right. But if you walk it out with God, he will perfect you. Yeah. So that's how. I don't know how people do it without God. Mm -hmm. I just turned around one day and the sun was shining so bright. Man, I love that. I that's I'm I'm not crying tonight. <laughs> I but I love that so much because it's a perfect illustration, right? That it's not that you it, it does it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't, and like I said, I'm I'm five years, five years, right? And there's still things that come up. Right. There's still things that trigger that make me remember things. And every single time I just get right back, I get right back in God's face. Right. I get right back, you know, because healing is a process. It's a process. I think about my daughter who had open heart surgery at four days old. And it's crazy because I was talking to my father last night that at eight years old, she still bears the scars. Right. It doesn't hurt. It does, that that doesn't hurt anymore. But the scar is still there. It's still a reminder, right? But she's healed from that that part of her life. But we had to. I had to go through the process. I had to go through the doctor, right? And the doctor that we go through is Jesus, right? I had to. I had to talk to more than one therapist to say, I, I, I'm feeling bitter. I feel angry. I. I I don't like the way I am with my kids. You know, I need help, right? It was me being vulnerable, me going to people that I spiritually could trust and give them my heart and be able to pour my heart and not just, you know, talking about in the face of God, not just me pouring my heart to God, but like you said, letting God pour into me. 
-hmm. Letting God reaffirm me. Let mm -hmm. God reassure me. Because if I left it up to people, oh my God, I would be in the mud. Yeah. Because as much, and, and sometimes it's from people that say they're Christians. They could be mean. They can be very mean. They can be very hateful. They can say things that just tear just pull your heart back even more in shreds so every time that happened i would get right back in the face of god and say god you know god i this is making me feel some sort of way mm -hmm. i need you to i need you to touch my heart i need you to heal me and i started praying god heal me from the residue yes right because there were some big things that I kind of like, okay, I'm past that. Like you say, you turn around, you're like, uh, I'm not bothered by that no more. Yeah. That's not triggering. That don't, you know, right. that don't do nothing for me no more. But there were sometimes some little things, right? They would come up unexpectedly. Sometimes when I would be talking to other people and maybe their tone of voice or the way they said something to me, like it triggered me, it took me back. And I would have to go back again to God and say, God, it's still it's a little bit of residue there, right? Yeah. I need to, it's kind of like when I tell my kids to clean and I'm like, wait a minute, you ain't wiped this kind of good. I, I, I put my hand across it and I still feel some bread crumbs, right? I need you to go back and wipe that again. And so that's my, that's my prayer daily. That's my prayer daily. God, help me to forgive because sometimes the memory will come up. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes something in the past will make you think about something from before. And you're like, Lord, every time I think about it, I'm going to forgive. Right. Every time, it, every time it may pop in my mind, I'm going to forgive. Every time something is triggering, I'm going to forgive. Because like you said, healing is a process. a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And I just want if people are listening, if they're listening tonight, they may listen next week or next month or next year that they know that it's, it may look dark because I, I, I can remember times where I was like, I'm never coming out of this. Yep. Like emotionally, you know, once the divorce papers are signed, it's like that's done. But like the emotional process in that, the hurt that I was hearing, I was like, I'm never coming out of this. Where, where, where is it? Where are you? You know, like, where is that light? And then, like you said, you wake up and it's like, wow, God, God carried me through. God carried me through that time. God carried me through that space and time. So I, I love that. I love that analogy that you do wake up and you feel like, man, this is great. You know, this is all right. I have peace. peace. And I think you have to have that reassurance. And that's why having a relationship with God, like you said, is so important. It's so important because there's no way you can navigate this. No way. Yourself. No. The, the Bible tells us that the arm of flesh will fail us. Right. And that means even sometimes people meaning well, they're going to fail you. But God. He's never going to fail because he knows what you can't even articulate. He yes. knows what you can't even say. And so I, I love that, that this divorce process, I just want people to realize, to understand that you are not that. Yeah. I know that there may be people in your life who want to hold you. You know, it, I'm to the point now, I kind of rarely talk about it unless 
I'm prompted by the Holy Spirit to say something to someone or if I'm ministering, but mm -hmm. I don't just, oh, I'm divorced, I'm divorced, I'm divorced. Yeah. You know, you know, it's nobody out here doing that. <laughs> if there's something that comes up that I need to, then yes, I will. But I just want people to realize that you are not defined by that. Yeah. That God is a God, not just a second chances. God is a God of multiple chances. And that you are not less than because your marriage did not work out. You are not less than and you are deserving. You are deserving of God's best. The Bible tells us that before the foundation, right? He knew you. Before you in your mother's womb, he knew you. He had a plan. The Bible tells us that, that he has a plan for us and the plan is good. Yes, it is. Because, right, because there is an expected end, right? You just you just went through a little dark time, right? It's like when I when I leave Richmond and I got to go to Norfolk, I got to go through the tunnel, right? Mm -hmm. I, I got to go through the tunnel in order to get to, get to my destination. This yeah. divorce, it was just a tunnel. It was just a tunnel that you had to go through to get to that next place in God. So and you listen, can't skip steps. Don't skip steps. On the healing process. You want to, though. You want to. Do it. <laughs> I, I remember that. Wanting to, like, man, if I could just get past this. Oh, you got to go through the process. Yeah, but we, you're better for it. Yes. You're better for going through. I'm a better woman now than I was five years ago. Absolutely. I'm a better woman now than I was 10 years ago. I'm a better woman now than I was 15 years ago because I let, during the healing process, I learned, mm -hmm. I changed, I grew. I had to take self-accountability. That's a whole nother show, a whole nother time, right? <laughs> I had to take accountability. And I had to say, I had to tell the truth, right? And I had to confront the truth, no matter how hard it was. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm done, but I'm going to let you close us out with any final words if you feel led to pray for anyone who listens yeah just everything that we said the the most important thing is that you're still loved that you're still worthy of love um and most of all love yourself yeah. you know at the end of the day you know god gave us free will to make the decisions that we made um and i you know sometimes those things don't work out the way we intend them to work out but there is still hope in God. And if you're going through a dark time right now, I pray by the power of the Holy Ghost that God will give you the strength to endure the healing process. So Father, we thank you for the people that are listening right now and that may listen in the future. We pray, God, that you would help them uh, through this process that may feel lonely, that may feel confusing, um, that, they will, that they will know that there is joy on the other side of it. Lord, thank you that there is still a calling on their life. There is still something for them to do um, that this divorce will not define them, but yeah. Father, they will be the better for it. Yes. Um, we pray God that you would just lift up their spirits Lord, help them to turn out the noise and listen to the leading and guiding of your spirit. Yes. Um, Father, we thank you and we praise you and we give you glory in Jesus name. Amen. Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. Until the next episode, I pray wholeness and healing on your journey.